Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. This is your host, Hayden Bow. Uh, I'm coming from the east coast of Canada today. I'm out here. This is, I guess this is going to be our holiday episode. Christmas just wrapped up. We're about to head into the new year. And uh, yeah, I'm here in Nova Scotia, uh, Bridgewater, Nova Scotia, a little town where my uh, family has a vacation home. So first time, I think, in two years that we've had the whole family here in one place, and that's been super nice. I did the drive from Toronto to Nova Scotia, which is, I don't know, 20-some hours. Luckily, I had my mom with me, so I wasn't doing it alone. So we split up the driving. We did it over two days. We did one stop in River de Loup, which is in Quebec. Had St. Hubert, which anybody's ever had that, that's like the French-Canadian version of Swiss Chalet. Um, and I think it's better actually. So shout out to anyone listening to, uh, from Quebec. That's an awesome spot. I always try to stop there when I'm coming through town, but they kind of classed it up a little bit too. The one I went into at least I was used to being really fast food, like, and this is kind of like a mix between fast food and, and a place you'd sit down. So went in there, were able to grab a beer and all that stuff and then get back on the road. Man, we stopped in River de Loup, like Loop, like I said. Got an Airbnb for the night. Small towns are so weird. Uh, I checked. They don't have. First of all, they didn't have Uber Eats, so uh, I was walking down the main strip looking for restaurants. I'd see restaurants that had like four people inside. I'd go to open the door. Door said it was open till 10. It was like 8 p.m. and they were just like, "No, we're closed." They just close, I guess whenever they want i guess the town's small enough that they're only gonna miss a couple of customers if they do that so anyways ended up having to order pizza like old school call up the pizza joint and have it delivered not through uber eats that felt like a blast from the past but uh yeah after that that got on the road the next day i think we had nine about nine hours of actual driving on day two um and it was pretty good except for the last three hours we hit like a monsoon which is scary for a few reasons one visibility was super bad uh and it was the end of the trip so it's like the worst time for that to happen and also it was like changing between two degrees celsius and below freezing so anyone here who's listening who's driven and hit black ice before that is a terrible thing to happen. And you especially don't want that to happen on non-lit backcountry highways, um, you know, where there's not a lot of help. And maybe an ambulance or tow truck could be hours away. So a little stressful for the last little bit. My mom wasn't a big fan of my driving. She was yelling at me, telling me uh, that I was going to kill us all. But luckily, uh, we made it on time. Or we made it safely and in good time. Uh, what else is new? Yeah, Christmas was fun with the family. Like I said, we're all here for the first time in a while. You know, we don't really do big gifts anymore, but I got a bunch of people, like little fun things, some books. Uh, I got these Seinfeld pop toy things that I see everywhere that are like, I think really popular right now. And they do like about all these different shows, but I got the soup Nazi guy. And uh, Jerry uh, Seinfeld one. So 
those were pretty fun i don't know a bunch of stocking stuffer stuff but all in good it's all about being around family anyway not the not the presence so that was nice no real plans for new year's i think covid's got this this town kind of locked down in that sense not locked down in that you have to quarantine or be in your house or anything but they have the whole 50 percent capacity for the restaurants uh you know masks vaccine passports all that stuff so i don't think there's really anything big happening no like big firework display that i'm aware of so just hanging around uh with the family again for that um yeah uh, that's that's it that's going on uh personally here a few things that I w- wanted to talk about today. First, uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys know about the WRPF Pro Series. There's a meet that's about a month after ours uh, called the Ghost Clash. And uh, the meet director announced um, that that meet was going to be mandatory uh, in order to be eligible to win money at the end of this Pro Series. So just, there had been a lot of talk about that, and I've been getting questions about it. So... The things that you guys need to know, I guess, <clears throat> to be eligible for money at the end of this whole series, you have to participate in, I think there's there's three or there's four mandatory meets. This one was not on the calendar. And then seven weeks out from the meet, it was announced that this meet is now going to be mandatory. So naturally, all the high-level lifters that were doing our meet, you know, or were peaking for other meets, were a little bit frustrated by that. There was a lot of backlash online, you know, saying it's irresponsible for the lifters. It's, you know, it's uh, it's not fair that there's only a limited number of spots and people can't get into the meet. And had they known that this was going to be mandatory and them being able to compete in the finals was dependent on this meet, you know, they would have gone about it differently. So um there was a lot of memeing happening about this there was a lot of people making their own posts with opinions on this i tried to stay out of it as you know as much as i could uh you know we we our meet is with uspa which i believe is uh there's been talks about them doing their own pro series uh but i i'm not on any sort of board or committee with either federation i don't i don't really know much about that so i mean my opinion on the whole thing what it looked like to me and i don't necessarily you know feel like there's anything wrong with this is that their wrpf is trying to sort of strong arm athletes into choosing to participate only in that federation and how you do that is you spread out evenly meets across the uh the the yearly calendar that are just enough time to prep for each one and you make a mandatory uh that pretty much makes it it, it's as much as you can do to force people to do your meet without actually saying or to be exclusively in your federation without saying that you can only be exclusively in that federation so, like I said, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. You can do whatever you want. If you're someone who owns a federation, you can you can try to get people to be exclusively in your meet. I guess the real issue is just how short of a period of time they gave people uh, notice that this this particular meet, the Ghost Clash, was going to be mandatory. So, I think only like 12 hours later, uh, the meet director, Alex, but he went on social media and said that 
he doesn't want it to be a mandatory meet, so it's maybe not going to be one. But he sort of left it open, saying uh, he, they're going to give more info about what WRPF actually decides once the holiday uh, season's uh, over. So I guess stay tuned to see what happens there. But uh, things are going smooth with our meet. No real changes there. Uh, this is our first year going back to USPA, which I do believe is the gold standard federation for untested powerlifting. Uh, we did our, our very... The reason why we switched uh, from USPA originally, this is our fourth year doing the hybrid showdown. In year one, uh, we had some issues because we wanted all of the sponsorship money that we raised to go directly to the athletes. And uh, I believe USPA at the time wanted to take... They had a, a rule, uh, at least in Florida where uh, you, they had to take 30% of any sponsorship money raised. Uh, it is a big percentage, and the whole point of the meet was, for us, is to raise the standard of lifting, uh, you know, and to give back to the athletes, to try to reward them as much as we can, the way, you know, these guys are professionals, and we want to be able to reward them like professionals. So taking 30, 30% off the top, uh, was something we weren't willing to do. So we ended up making just the deadlift portion of that meet the competition and de-sanctioned the deadlift portion. So people could participate in the full USPA meet if they wanted. Um, but if they had registered for the deadlift only as well, that's what got them the money. That was sort of our way around it year one. Year two, we wanted to have the whole meet uh, be something that was tested and eligible for the money. So we switched to WRPF because they would just let us do whatever we wanted. Same for year three. Uh, now year four, like I said, we're back with USPA, and that's because they've told us that we basically can do whatever we want now. Uh, we've been working directly with Steve Dennison. He's been awesome. Uh, we've got a little bit of freedom. Uh, you know, they trust our you know our ability to run a meet, and they're you know taking care of all the quality control on their end as well. We've got Garrett Fear as a meet director. Anyone who's done his meets in the past knows that he runs great meets. So happy to have him on board for that. Uh, I unfortunately won't be there physically. I'm still going to be locked out of the States until mid-February. So I'll be watching on the live stream just uh, like you guys. So uh, what else? Last year, the live stream could have been better. So that's something that we've taken into account. Uh, we're going to have uh, commentators. We're going to have uh, you know a more professional live stream. It's going to look good. It's going to keep you really up to date knowing what the actual weight is on the bar and all the stuff that's important when you're listening to a live stream or watching a live stream. So that will be great. We did decide to do it in the gym again this year, but we're changing the layout. Uh, last year and the year prior, we did it in our gym facility, but the way we had it set up was uh, a little bit disjointed in that I didn't love how our warm-up area was on the side of the meat sort of beside the spectators, uh, beside the spectator area. So we've gone ahead and changed that. Now we're going to be moving the uh, banner forward and the section behind the banner, behind the main stage platform that won't be visible to the audience, will be where the warm-up area is for the athletes. And then uh, all the equipment obviously is going to get moved out of the gym. But the beauty there is we'll be able to have spectators from one side of the facility to the other. 
uh, not sort of the way we had it, where we had it from one side to the other for like a few rows, and then half of it was taken up by a warm-up area. So it's you you guys will see when you see pictures and video of the event, but it's going to be um, you know a lot a lot smoother, uh, a lot better layout. So I'm excited about that. Excited about some of the big lifts that are obviously going to happen there. Um, we just had a last-minute sign-up from another high-level lifter, Chris Bridgeford. So that's cool. He's going to be joining Hack and Jamal and all those other guys on the pro day. So that's great. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, like we said, every year we're trying to do this meet bigger and better. You know, this year we got the $60,000 that we took out of our own pockets. Plus, uh, we got some other money from sponsors as well. So we'll we'll do final announcements on prize purse at the uh, a little bit closer to the date. I know we're getting close, but... Um, We'll announce that soon, and yeah, this is hopefully going to be the biggest, best one we've we've done. And you know, it's nice. It's in Miami, our hood. It's a nice place for athletes to be able to travel, especially in the winter. If they're coming from cold places, get out of the cold. If you're a spectator or a lover of the sport, we have people travel just to spectate this meet. So don't think you're a crazy person if you're thinking about doing that. Uh, I definitely go through with it, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll have lots of media. We'll be posting online about everything and we'll be posting links to the live stream and all that stuff, all that good stuff when the time is right. And what else is going on in the powerlifting world? Oh yeah, I've been seeing some uh, some rumblings about the new IPF affiliate for the United States. If you guys haven't heard about that, it's called uh, Powerlifting America. And it was getting a bunch of hate online. People were saying they're not going to participate in it and you know i don't know basically just trash talking that new federation um so i took to social media to find out why and i posted a one of those little q a bubbles in my story asked people to respond and i think i have a good handle on it um i know you guys are obviously familiar with the old ipf affiliate which is the usapl uh usa powerlifting that federation still exists, but it got kicked out of the IPF, and the reason why is pretty strange, um, but anyone I've talked to has said that this is actually why. If it's not, let me know, but basically, uh, the IPF requires all of its affiliates to do WADA testing and no outside drug testing. all has to be done by the WADA standard. Uh, the U.S. APL was doing the required amount of WADA testing, but they were also doing their own additional testing so that they could test more athletes, which sounds like a good thing to me. Um, I'm not necessarily sure why that would be a reason to get kicked out, but uh, the only thing that I could think is... You know, if if the you know WADA is supposed to be the gold standard of testing, the the body that does it inside the U.S. is USADA. You know, everybody's uh, you know everybody who competes is aware of that. But if they were using maybe the USADA tests on people they knew weren't going to test positive, or they were being selective about, uh, you know, who they used those tests for to test positive, if they were targeting people, you know, stuff like that because it's a more sensitive, more accurate test, you know, that could be problematic. Or if they were using the lower quality tests to, you know, help people 
pass drug tests because they're not as good and they don't test for the right things. I could see that being a problem. Uh, not saying that that's the case. I'm just speculating on possibilities because the whole thing seems a little bit strange. If your goal is to be the you know, highest level drug tested sport and you have a country like America going above and beyond testing people in a coming out of their own pocket to test people additionally instead of doing the water testing or just the water testing you know that seems like like you know they're really going above and beyond uh and i think the reason why they didn't just do more water tests was because of the expense of it so they did the minimum amount that was required from water and then did these less expensive tests uh in order to test more athletes but now i believe they're going to continue that process doing their own testing they're no longer part of the ipf and now uh this new federation powerlifting america has taken its place as the ipf affiliate in the united states and the problem with that i think there's two problems i think people some people are just loyalists and they really they don't like change and they're going to go down with the ship so to speak with usapl uh i think some people are happy with the usapl the way that federation is run and I mean, the untested side of powerlifting couldn't care less about quote unquote national championships, world championships, all that stuff. It's more so about the all time records, uh, you know, squat, bench, deadlift, and total that, that people care about, the all time world records. So if those are the people, if there's people in USAPL who are really more motivated by that and don't care about having the title of world champion by going and competing at hit IPF Worlds, then I guess that makes sense uh, to stay in the USAPL. Um, and I don't know how that's going to work with bands now, because I know previously, if you competed in any IPF affiliate and then competed in a federation outside of US, uh, USA, like USAPL or IPF, you would get a ban. Um, so... That, that's, that was a problem the, our, with our meet the first year with the hybrid showdown one. We wanted it to be an all-inclusive meet, have people from USAPL, have people from... We had IPF lifters fly from other countries to come do that meet. And then last second, they had to pull out because they didn't want it to get a ban. So if this is going to allow USAPL lifters maybe to have more opportunities to go for prize money, I could see that being good. But again, it's still pretty fresh. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Uh, and then back to... Powerlifting America, the real knock there was that they are only going to be likely doing the minimum water testing, which don't quote me on this, but what I've heard is that that's like one, 1% one of the athletes are going to be tested, which is obviously quite low. Um, so the argument is that it's overall worse for the sport uh, if they're trying to keep make the sport as clean, quote unquote, as possible. So... The whole thing is interesting to me. I think as long, I really don't have a problem with it either way. Like, I don't know why America is super hell-bent on trying to make all their athletes test positive. Seems to be that way in Canada, America, and the Commonwealth countries. They're really after their own athletes more than uh, any other countries. Um, you know, you have Russia trying to help their country beat tests and cheat their way through and then you have uh our our side of the globe doing the exact opposite which is obviously the more noble choice 
but I feel like if I was someone high up at USAPL and they're like, hey, just stop doing that additional testing that you don't need to do and you'll save money and not get kicked out of the federation that really gives your federation its legitimacy, I'd probably take the option to not force athletes to do those tests. So, yeah, that's... uh, that's an interesting one. That's a weird one. Um, I, I, I think what's going to end up happening is some of the highest level lifters uh, who do care about the world champion title are going to switch over to Powerlifting America. All the middle of the pack people, I don't think it really matters where they compete. Um, there's going to be a nationals in both federations, obviously. Um and then there's some money meets now in the USAPL as well, so that could be a draw. Uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if people can compete in both federations or if they compete in one, what kind of ban it would get them you know, to switch to the other. I don't know. But a lot of, a lot of new stuff happening there in the powerlifting world. I never thought we'd see the day where that happens. USAPL and IPF have been so intertwined for so long. And basically, a lot of the IPF world champions, probably more than any other country, are they're coming from the United States. So, you know, you might see an overall, like, quality of competition issue with, with the IPF. If there's no big competition, no big lifters coming from the States, maybe... Uh, other lifters in other countries are going to be less incentivized to co- to to go to those big meets and spend money if they're not competing against the best anyway. So I think overall it's not great for anyone except whoever is running Powerlifting America. That's I guess they get to sweep in and that's a sweet spot for them. But um, yeah, weird weird stuff. Um, luckily none of this affects our side of the powerlifting world. Um, you know, like I said, we're blasting forward with USPA and really excited to do that. Some people have asked us about the Summer Slam. That uh, this last year was the first year that we didn't do the Summer Slam, um, but that is something we'd love to bring back. So we're toying with that idea now. That is, for those of you who don't know, the Summer Slam is, uh, you know, I would say that the meet that we run the showdown is sort of like the flagship meet for us, that's the one with the biggest prize money, that's the one where the biggest names come and compete, um, but the SummerSlam is also a very high-level meet, it just attracts more local lifters, because the prize money generally in the past has not been as big as at our other meet, but I, th- I think we had in in the last meet, we had 10, 10 plus guys on the male side, who wilkes over 500, and then on the female side, I think we had like five or six, which is like a lot. It's a lot for any meet, but let alone uh, one that's not big on that, you know, big money competition circuit. So that was really cool to see, Um, and we'd love to bring it back, like I said. So, yeah, that's a little, little recap on that powerlifting stuff. I think this episode's gonna come out uh before new year's so i hope you guys all have a great new year hope 2022 is your best year yet um but don't wait to start if it's this comes out on the 30th or the 31st freaking start right now man nothing changes in the new year other than the date 
you're still the same person you were the day before. So it is it is kind of nice. It's a nice time of year where we all take stock of the year and we think about our wins and losses and and what we want to do differently. So I think it's valuable for that. But, uh, you know, a lot of people lie to themselves and say they're going to make all these changes in the new year. And then they're just the same old people they always were. So don't wait. Um, what else is new? Oh, yeah, check out the... Uh, my episode on RX Radio with Jordan Shallow and Killian. We sort of talked about all of our stories, um, our backgrounds in business, and how we went from just starting out in the industry to where we are with our companies now, hybrid. And if you guys aren't familiar with Jordan and Killian, um, Jordan, uh, they, they work together at uh, Prescript, which is an online and in-person uh, education uh, company. They basically, they teach all sorts of uh, stuff related to movement. Jordan's a chiropractor by trade, but basically how it's mostly for trainers uh, and how trainers and coaches can get the most, uh, you know, out of out of their knowledge uh, and out of their, their clients. So definitely check that out. They have a really cool business. They're doing a bunch of new stuff in the new year. Uh, as well so keep an eye out for that um also want to thank all our sponsors for the meet again because the meet is coming up quick i think this the next episode i'm going to try to get garrett fear on the podcast so we can talk about the meet in depth he's been doing a lot of the behind the scenes work so it'd be good to get him to uh, talk on that but our sponsors are title sponsor american barbell club we have animal as per usual uh, monster energy we have pioneer fit and obsidian ammonia obsidian ammonia is do, uh, doing a cool thing they made like a special limited edition um, hybrid showdown for ammonia label that's going to be on all the bottles so that'll be really cool uh, also if you're local to miami or if you're going to be in town for the showdown and you want to be involved with the meet we're still looking for uh, volunteers for spotting and loading can never have too many of those so feel free to reach out to us you can email us at info at hybridperformancemethod.com or you can uh, direct message the social media instagram page for the gym which is just at hybrid performance method gym if you haven't checked out our programs make sure you freaking check out the hybrid strength coach app this thing is so awesome. If you've been, if you guys have are currently on our old web platform, uh, or you have been on the web platform in the past, this is a completely different experience. The app is so good. I've been loving using it. I'm on day nine of hybrid powerlifting now, and man, it is kicking my ass. Um, it's always funny. Things seem like a lot less than they are when you see them on paper, and then when you actually do it. You're like, oh, damn, those uh, four sets of seven squat really, really add up, especially when you're lifting in wraps, uh, you know, and you and you lift heavy. So uh, I've been loving it. Follow it along. Uh, follow along with the same program that I'm doing. It's kind of cool. I'm in the discord for for the group helping out with form checks and coaching and all that stuff. Um, you can go direct to it at the high at hybrid strength or just go to our regular website, uh, hybridperformancemethod.com, and you know all the links are are there to everything we do. I just did a cool apparel drop, re-released some of my favorite stuff we've done, the uh, hybrid perform uh, chain performance shorts, the camo shorts, 
uh, same material. Uh, those are honestly awesome. I use them as everything. They're like this quick dry material, so I use them as a bathing suit. I use them in the sauna. I use them to wear casually because the design's cool, and I use them for obviously the gym. Uh, we also just re-released the hybrid camo performance joggers, the same material as those shorts, uh, and they're just super comfy. They're like they're that dry, quick dry material, but they're like they're good at blocking the wind. They're like like I don't know what exactly how exactly they do that but i've been walking the dogs on the beach here in nova scotia and it gets wildly windy uh, on some of them if you're a nova scotian or, or a nova scotian you'll know crescent beach is is pretty freaking windy but these have been keeping me warm uh we also dropped a neon barbell club tee with it because some of the accents on the camo shorts uh and on the chain shorts are neon so it kind of like goes with that definitely check that out check the instagram at hybrid legacy or uh check just find it through the website hybridlegacybrand.com uh, or on the main site like i said anyways i think that's it for me i actually have to go do my day nine of hybrid powerlifting now and it's going to kick my ass so i just finished my pre-workout uh animal fury shout out again to animal and uh i will catch you guys on the next episode thanks for listening oh almost forgot make sure you screenshot this episode screenshot this episode post it in your stories on social media tag me tag the podcast tag steffi and you'll automatically be entered for a chance to potentially win some hybrid legacy swag so make sure you do that it's easy and you can win stuff for free all right guys thanks again catch you on the next one